July is National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, which brings awareness to the unique struggles of the racial and ethnic minority groups to get access to mental health and substance use treatment services. Check out the show notes below to look for some Minority Mental Health Awareness Month readings and resources. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of the Sober Butterfly podcast. I am your host, Nadine Movina. The number one question I would say I get asked by people about sobriety. So Nadine, what do you actually do for fun if you're not drinking or you're sober? That's an honest, legit question because I also had the same question when I was drinking. I would be like, so yeah, like, what do you do all day with with all that time? How do you pass the time? In today's episode, we are going to be talking all about fun things to do when you are sober because your life is not over when you're sober. It's actually just beginning. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to preface by saying that I am in a jungle, literally in a jungle. So if you hear background jungle noises, I'm in Santa Teresa. Costa Rica, awesome town, highly recommend, but it's raining. There's like dogs barking. I don't know. So just bear with me if you hear any background noise. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode. Whenever anyone would ask me, what do you like to do for fun? My answer always involved alcohol. Now, whether or not I'd admit this out loud is a totally different story, depending on who I was speaking with. But my immediate internal response was always connected to alcohol. So for example, I'd be like, oh, I like to hang out with friends, which was really code for I like to drink with friends. I'd say, oh, like, I love brunch. I love to go to brunch. The boozy part was implied. So much of my identity was, in fact, warped into alcohol. I really didn't know who I was without it. When I finally became sober, I struggled to find ways to pass the time because also so much of my time was invested in drinking. I'm naturally a busy bee and my therapist constantly reminds me, she says, you're reckless when you're idle. I start to invent, usually in destructive ways. I invent ways to sort of like fill the time looking for ways to ease my boredom. I had to rediscover parts of myself that I didn't know existed or I thought I had completely lost. Today's episode, I'm going to break into three parts. Part one will be personal. I'll be sharing all of the things that I like to do sober. Part two will be how to discover sober fun for you because my definition of fun may not be your definition of fun. And then part three will be exploring how to navigate a social life while sober. So what I'll do now is I will break down three of my favorite pastimes to do sober. After almost a month of sobriety in New York, I left the city to embark on a five-week trip. I went to four countries with only three weeks of sobriety under my belt with two girlfriends and one goal. And my goal was to stay sober. Now, I realized that not everyone has the privilege to jet set off to Europe and Africa like I did as a normal, like fun, sober activity. So I'm not recommending that per se, although if you can, highly recommend it. But I wanted to choose traveling as my first fun, sober thing to do because it's a way for me to reclaim or change the narrative I had created for myself when I was traveling in addiction. Because while travel is my number and has always been my number one like passion or hobby, it was also one of the most dangerous things I was doing when I was drinking. It's one thing to be drunk or shit-faced in your home city. It's a totally different, like we're talking next level here. If you're drunk in a foreign land that you've never been 
into and don't know anything really about. And that's what I was doing on a regular basis. So I would travel to these places and bad things happened because I was drinking. And to be honest, I came out pretty much unscathed, could have been worse. I've been robbed. I've gotten lost. I've um, lost important things. I've been so hungover that I've missed flights. I've been so hungover that I've missed excursions, expensive things I paid for. Um, I've woken up in people's bed that I should, had no business being there to begin with. So, you know, bad things would happen always because I was under the influence of something. And I still would cling on to this idea that to have a good time and a foreign place. I had to be drunk to really like soak it in. Not to mention, I wasn't even remembering these experiences because I was drunk the entire time. Now that I'm sober, I don't have to worry about these things. Like I mentioned, I'm in Costa Rica. I'm in the jungle. I went to like a 3 a.m. rave. I was way too old to be there. But anyway, I go to this rave and I have nothing to worry about. Like, I mean, of course I have to have my guard up. I have to be high alert because I'm in a new place. But I'm not at the disposal of a random person I just met because I'm too drunk to remember. So interesting to be on this side of things because I saw so many young girls that actually reminded me of myself in the state of really being compromised and like putting themselves in compromising situations because they were so drunk, not judging their experience at all. But it makes me sad in a way. Um, It makes me sad and concerned for them because I've been there many times before. Okay. The second thing that I love to do, and it's like probably the most integral part of my life and definitely connected to my sobriety and fun because I'm a weirdo is exercise. Okay. Like I'm one of those freak show people that likes to exercise. Like that's actually fun for me. We know that exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't go around shooting their husbands. Please tell me you've seen Legally Blonde. Okay. If not, please pause, go watch that scene. Just this week, I was feeling pretty, pretty low and I couldn't figure out why. Here I am in Costa Rica. I should be happy, right? But I'm not feeling happy. And then not feeling happy is making me feel worse, like I'm ungrateful or I'm not being in the present. I realized that my routine was so out of sync. I'm traveling so that there's that part of my routine disrupted. I'm recovering from COVID. I'm launching this podcast And I hadn't worked out in days and it really started to show and take a toll on my mental health. So I forced myself to get up and do a quick workout and it made all the difference. Felt a lot better. And I was like, that was it. Done, Nadine, you know this about yourself. I try to work out daily to release my endorphins and I switch it up because as I mentioned before, I get bored pretty easily. I will do a mix of Pilates. I run yoga, something I'm now immersing myself in. Dance is a big part of my life. I do HIIT workouts. I go for long walks. I just have to keep it mixed up. Working out for me, exercise is, like I said, an integral part of my daily fun activity. The third thing I I will share that I like to do sober is learn new stuff because I'm a slut for knowledge. That's literally what my... My Zodiac profile told me this morning. I love to learn new things about the world around me. And now that I've entered the sober world, I'm learning so much about addiction, about alcohol use disorder, about recovery, trauma. And most importantly, I'm learning more and more about who I am. I know that I'm not alone in this like thinking. In last week's episode, Faith shared about how she's doing things for the very first time. For example, she took a Pilates class. She was all signed up for this like rug making class. I'm also doing things I've never done before in life. 
like I took a Keong class, which is moving meditation the other day, or even like with starting this podcast. There you have it. Those are the top three things I like to do for fun now that I am sober. National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month was founded by the author, journalist, teacher, and mental health advocate, B.B. Moore Campbell. B.B. Moore Campbell once said, while everyone, all colors, everyone is affected by stigma. No one wants to say I'm not in control of my mind. No one wants to say the person I love is not in control of their mind. But people of color really don't want to say it because we already feel stigmatized by virtue of skin color or eye shape or accent. And we don't want any more reasons for anyone to say you're not good enough. Check out the show notes below to look for some Minority Mental Health Awareness Month readings and resources. Part two, how to discover sober fun for you. So my idea of a good time may not be your idea of a good time and that's okay, but I do want to share some wisdom that's been passed down to me when I was trying to figure out how to have fun without substances. So a good place to start is by asking yourself this question. What did you used to like to do when you were a kid or before you started? drinking? Did you like to draw, sing, dance, write stories, go to the movies, eat ice cream? This question may seem surface level, but it can actually help you uncover parts of yourself that you thought were lost due to substance abuse. You can recreate these interests and hobbies well into your adulthood. I've heard people say things like, you revert back to the age, the same age you were before you started using or drinking. So if we follow this same type of logic, right, and embrace your inner child, the sky's the limit, you know, like go ahead and binge watch the shows that you used to love when you were like nine. I don't know. Do you boo? Another recommendation that I've heard when trying to find things to do when you're sober is fill in this blank. So I've always wanted to learn how to you guys know I'm a slut for knowledge, okay? And I'm here to tell you, you can also be a slut for knowledge. What have you always wanted to try or to learn that you didn't think you were capable of or you were too afraid to try? Surfing, maybe? Learning a new language? Pole dancing? Whatever it may be, you can do it. You've already done the impossible, which is breaking the cycle of addiction. I encourage you to get out there and answer those two questions, okay? So what... Did you used to like to do when you were a kid? And I have always wanted to try to learn blank. Part three is all about how to navigate sober social life. So one of my girlfriends, Kaylin, she loves to say isolation for preparation. And I've actually lived by this mantra, especially in the first few weeks of my sobriety. I didn't want to feel triggered by all the familiar comforts that I had grown accustomed to. So we know the mantra, people, places, things, right? Like, for example, I couldn't even go to Trader Joe's to grocery shop because my routine or my like trigger was seeing all of the wine. I was just so accustomed to loading my cart full of different red wines and Prosecco and all the things. So I didn't really go out much. I actually retreated where I felt the most safe, which was my bed. After a couple of weeks, when I started to feel stronger and more confident in my sobriety, I wanted to venture back into society. But how the hell can you do that? (laughs) How can you be sober and social when everyone around you seems like they're drinking because they are, right? And so 
if you're anything like how I was, especially in the beginning of my sobriety, I didn't want my sobriety to make things weird. (laughs) I wanted to prove to people that I could still be the same, like wild, free spirited, carefree, sober soul. I didn't want to have to compromise my assumed identity or compromise relationships or lose people or lose myself in this sober shit. Of course, (laughs) all of my worst fears came true because I have lost people. No one thank God that was like super valuable or like a real friend. But I also found that I have clearly lost myself in this sobriety shit. (laughs) And that's okay. But back to this question of how you can maintain a social life in sobriety. I'm still truthfully trying to figure this out. The honest to God truth is that my social life has shifted. It's changed. It does not look the same as before. Um, and I want to attribute a lot of that to like, maybe I can like put it into perspective. Has anyone ever gone to a party or maybe you go to the bar or just an event where it's really alcohol focused and in the environment, people are not just drinking, but they're shit faced. Like they are wasted and you're not obviously. So you're sipping on salts or whatever. And the best way I can describe it is just like the synergy is totally off. Like I feel like I don't belong here. I don't want to be in this environment. And it has nothing to do with me judging their lifestyle choices. It's just like, I can't, yeah, it's the synergy. It's like this unspoken energy. I feel disconnected. So I don't like to put myself in those situations anymore. In that same breath, I can see how people who are drinking in excess don't want a sober girl like me around because it makes them feel uncomfortable with their choices. And I used to feel that way too. Like I had a roommate who was sober for a couple years. And these are the first two years I was actually in New York. So I was, you know, deep in the throes of my addiction and she loved to point that out. And even once tried to have an intervention, but I was not ready or prepared for any of that. And I felt very attacked and I just hated when she would be around when I was either drinking or like even going out with her because I felt like she was monitoring my alcohol intake and I just didn't want to feel pleased. And so I get it. Like I feel like it's a mutual exchange where it's like, I don't want to be around people who are drinking too much and they don't want to be around someone who's not drinking at all. What I've had to do is set boundaries with friends, especially I can't set boundaries with strangers as much, but with friends and people that love me, I've had to set those boundaries to protect my sobriety. And I'm at the stage of my sober journey where I'm past trying to be the cool girl that can like still hang, you know, go from the pregame to brunch to the bar. Like I'm not interested, right? Don't, don't ask me. It's just not fun for me. And I say, don't ask me, but also like, I may not be invited to certain functions, especially when I'm setting those boundaries. That can be upsetting. I don't know. That can be upsetting because I feel like I'm left out of certain plans with friends but they know it's, you know, alcohol dense or it's going to involve a lot of drinking. So maybe they're doing me a favor, but I still take it personally. But I've had to learn that my sobriety has to take precedence over my fear of missing out or FOMO. I highly recommend ditching any friends or people in your life that do not respect your sobriety for whatever period of, of time that you have. Because if you set a goal for yourself and you're sharing that with people and they're making you feel uncomfortable, then you don't need to have them around. 
you don't even have to disclose your reason for why you don't drink. But anyone that's not supporting that or encouraging or trying to deter you from that pathway is not a real friend. Also, make sure that you are being very clear and intentional about your decision to not drink because otherwise people can maybe misconstrue the message, whatever. I highly encourage people to get some sober friends, even if it's not in person. You can find such a network, a core group of people who understand the struggle, who connect with you, whether it be in person or on sober Instagram. I have so many friends, so many real friends that I've never even met in person from sober Instagram. So yeah, get yourself some sober friends because you probably already have a lot of people in your life that you know that drink. And that's because your addict brain has made these addiction choices to surround yourself with people who are just like you. Now go find people who don't drink. And it may be awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it can be awkward past a certain age making friends, but you need to surround yourself with people who reflect this version of yourself or the version of yourself that you would like to see grow and really blossom into that person. That's my big takeaway for today. So like, what do you do to have fun now that you're not drinking? You live your life, okay? You live your life. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you feel inspired to go out and live your best sober life. If you liked today's episode, please leave a review. You can also find me on Instagram at the period sober butterfly. If you're sober and would be interested in coming onto the podcast, I would love to have you. Or you know what? You don't even have to be sober. You can be sober curious, just interested in learning more about sobriety. Send me a DM on Instagram and we can connect. Thank you for watching. See you next week.